0: welcome back episode three here of the dime boxing with delco podcast i'm joined by the one and only delco rips it's been a great first two episodes delco rips say what's up
1: hey what's up guys happy holidays
0: happy holidays we're all we're all happy to be back um thank you to all those who have listened the first two episodes i've gotten some good feedback so far would love some constructive uh criticism as well Uh, so keep that coming our way uh, we got to get right into it, though. Holiday season, a lot of people are going to be ripping open boxes, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. Delco, I know you went ripping a little bit. Tell us what you got into, what you got out of it. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, this was just like random stuff, but I found a. I went on my first eBay live auction. It was like a a video cast uh, from some seller out in California, and they popped up a deal on the screen, two hundred dollars for a a 2019 Contenders football box. And this is probably like a month ago. And I just grabbed it thinking about my Christmas rip. So I got a pretty good deal on it. Uh, I think with tax and shipping and stuff, you know, it's over a little over 220, something like that on, uh, you know, Contenders football box that I had never ripped before. And it has five autos. So I was super excited about it. I I dig into it. Um, And of course, my one on-card auto was a redemption, which is a little bit heart sinking It was actually expired too, um, but it ended up being Debo Samuel, which I was pretty happy about Like that pool um, just because it's a good player. It doesn't get me out of the cost of the box, but maybe I can grade it um, if it comes in clean. So we'll see if they send that to me. No guarantee though. They said when you actually submit an expired redemption on Panini, I don't know if anyone's done this, but it says uh, if we have the card, we'll send it to you. But if not, we're only like, Committing to fifty percent value um, when you so that that's kind of something they do when it's expired. Um, and then the other box was a twenty twenty two tops chrome uh, uh, black uh, baseball box, and it's like a four card box. I ended up really not pulling anything great, but um, uh, Jose Ramirez on card auto was my kind of encased card in there, and my one auto, and then. I got a Josh Donaldson gold 50 of 50. Um, so I had a chance at something big, but yeah, those are my Christmas rips. I I love it though. It's a great tradition. Um, I've really been thinking about it for like the last month, like, you know, that I was going to rip stuff on Christmas and, you know, it it makes Christmas morning, you know, that much more exciting. It Kind of reminds me of being a little kid, you know, like, Uh, You get to, like, kind of play with your toy or whatever on Christmas. And like this is me, like, kind of reliving some childhood, like, kind of doing the thing that I love uh, on Christmas morning. Because, you know, once you're in your career, you have, like, a job. You know, you have money, a little bit more money than when you were, you know, 10, like, video games. You get every video game you want, kind of. You know, like, you could buy what the video games you want to play. You can, you know, kind of treat yourself to what you want throughout the year. So Christmas Day isn't really quite as exciting. I don't know if I, yeah, not not to break any harsh news of young people, but this is a good way to relive all that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. The one thing
0: that stood out to me, um, the redemption. They only promise you 50%. I get it. It's expired, but you would think, like, they should still – have those cards like if Debo let's say gives them the 200 autographs that he owes them it's not like the after the expiration date they're just going to be like all right like you take home 10 I'll take home 10 Frank takes home 10 Steve takes home 10 it's like you would think like they they actually have to keep them there the guys the factory can't keep them and they can't just like get rid of them so I
1: don't know why Excellent. I was wondering if really? it's a little like uh, airlines. You know how like airlines overbook. Like I wonder if you know sometimes they put in more redemptions than they can fulfill in some way, knowing that years and years will go by before every last box is open. Yeah, um, that's interesting. It could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, weird. But it kind of is a bummer to pull a redemption is your one auto from 2019 knowing it's expired. It's like, I just wish like that would, it would have been a better moment for me had the the card been in the box. Um, And I I really do think they're going to need to find a way to hold those key rookies responsible and, and really just, just scrap, you know, redemption products. If, if they, uh, if they want to sign the cards, you know, make them like a kind of like a print on demand with a, Limited release on on Panini's website or Fanatics website in the future, and you know just put in autographs in the box. I feel like I hope that that's a move the Fanatics takes when they take over the license.
0: Yeah, and twenty nineteen is an interesting draft class because it's not really quarterback heavy anymore. Like Kyler stuff is now dirt cheap. Danny Dimes, even though he's winning, nobody wants his cards yet. Like. The guys carrying that class, Metcalf, Debo, A.J. Brown, like it's not really quarterbacks, but still 200 for a contender's hobby. Like that just sounds too cheap, especially because it's hobby. So you could pull like numbered non-autos. of guys like Mahomes, Brady, it's got Miles Sanders too. He's finally turning it around, looks really good this year. Like I feel like it's just like a really deep skill position class.
1: Yeah, totally. I was thinking about that, too. I mean, that's why I think they were like liquidating it uh, in a way. I think it's kind of an undesirable year just from football being so QB heavy. Um, So, you know, but, I, you know, I was like, well, like, you know, there's still, you know, the A.J. Brown super or the DK super or like, you know, there's big or gold vinyl, I should say. They're big cards, though, the one on ones and the golds and, and that type of thing of the skill player. So I think I still had that as a chase and I wouldn't have been too mad if I pulled a giant Kyler, just to stash. I feel like, you know, he's going to have at least another chance um, at, at a, at a, you know, a day in the sun.
0: Yeah. I think his stuff is, you know, interesting to look at because he was, I've, I'll admit it. I was pretty high on Kyler going into this year. I think he's obviously been extremely disappointing, but, If you look at where some of his stuff is now, I mean, it might be worth it. And I think not just Kyler, but this time of the year, like now in the next month or two is the best time to buy for football guys who are not in the playoff race, like guys who have had a disappointing year or an injured year and their seasons are now meaningless because next year they could end up turning around like, you know, Kyler, and it sounds crazy because he might still make the playoffs, but like it seems like Daniel Jones' stuff is starting to kind of sink back down. Like That could be an interesting play going into next year if they maybe go- get him some weapons. So I feel like now's a good time where people totally forget about the guys who haven't panned out this year because there's so much time for them until they'll have another chance. But if you can buy at the bottom, why not buy now and try to kind of hold for that preseason hype or like that, football national madness.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, like the nationals, what, uh seven months from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna come it. up quick, you know, like the season will change and basketball will end and everyone's attention will go to football. I was thinking like along with what you said, you know, Tua could be a guy to look at uh t- he lost um yesterday uh to the Packers and their playoff chances are starting to dwindle. Um you know, as if they lose another game and really start to look mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I think you can look at him and say, this guy's going to be surrounded by skilled talent. You know, he's got great wide receivers. They're probably going to add to the running back position. They have a decent defense. I mean, things kind of have fallen unlucky and that's going to happen sometimes, but maybe if you believe in them, this could be the moment where you get his cards much cheaper than say at the national in seven months.
0: Yeah, and, and Tua is a guy where if he gets clinched out of the playoffs, let's say in like two weeks we realize he's not making the playoffs this year. Like that, that moment, his stuff is going to start being so cheap over the next month while everyone's watching Mahomes and Burrow and and Hurts playing the playoffs and, and Josh Allen and all these guys are, are getting playoff starts. Guys like Tua are going to be the ones who are totally undesired that might be a good time because he could go on another streak next year where he wins a bunch of games in a row and his stuff gets really, really hot. And then that's the time to dump if you can't dump it at the national already for a profit. So I think that would be like my only time that I'm looking at buying football because I think we all saw this year, the time is not like during that national hype. You might as well just stay far, far away from it, especially with the product release schedule and everything that's going on. I think that the product release schedule affects basketball too. Like when you, have all the good products coming out, like right in the peak of the off season, like a, or a box that I'm surprised that you didn't uh, add to your Christmas rips. Cause I know you were thinking about it. Uh, Contenders optic basketball. So that one came out recently and, and it just seems like that's, it's like, you know, it's pretty delayed. We still don't have flawless of Kate Cunningham. Uh, his draft class like how do we not have that yet they're already well into their second season like what is going on but i want to bring it back to contenders optic basketball uh, have you seen a lot of that product yet like what what do you think about contenders optic
1: yeah i i think i mean it's an awesome looking product the thing i have noticed about when i buy that product and shop it to people um they'll kind of poo poo it a little bit and just be like oh, i wish it was regular contenders So. I do think that it has a cap. It has a ceiling to those cards, especially on stuff like, you you know, the out of 99 red, you know, optic contenders auto. You would expect that to do a little bit better. Um, Like a guy I I looked up the other day of Franz Wagner, uh, Wagner, uh, and that card was like 140 bucks. Like he's pretty hyped as a prospect and out of 99 on card auto. Um, I thought that that would kind of command a little bit more of a premium. Um, so there, another reason I didn't buy it was I looked at it in my LCS. It was 300 bucks. It's pretty standard. I, I was hoping he would have a little better deal on it and it was only one auto. So that threw me off a little bit like from it. And I was like, I don't know if I feel like, you know, the, the, to me, those cards that have a lot of QC issues, like. Whenever you're looking to grade them, it's tough, like tough to get tens. I mean, Optic is better than paper contenders for that, for sure. But still, I I always think they're off center a lot. They have they get dinged corners. So really, you're looking for autos there and only have one at a $300 clip um, in a class where there's there's definitely some nice players. But I don't know. That's what really threw me off from it. Reason I haven't picked it up yet. Um, I may dabble like in a break or something just to, just to get, see if I can throw my hand at something. But, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's what I think of the, of the release. I think it's solid. Um, but I, I worry about that perception and that experience I've had when selling it. And then the fact that the resale value on some of the cards are lower than I'd anticipate too.
0: Yeah. And I think that price point is high for it being such a small amount of cards that you get and only one auto. One thing I'll give them credit for, it doesn't seem, I mean, and it's easy. I shouldn't even be giving them credit because it's a one pack product, but like they didn't go absolutely crazy on the different colors for the main sets. Like for the insert sets, there's like a blue ice at a 75, but like for main set, there's blue at a 99, orange at a 49 green pulsar at a 25 gold out of 10 like that's concise enough but again it's a one-pack product so I mean that makes sense why they didn't go insane like they we saw them do for prism football this year where they had a million different colors but I think one thing I'll give a tip to people out there something that I try to do which is why I really shouldn't give it away because you guys better not steal any cards from me now <laughs> but like the colors that people post like The parallels, I should say, that people post like right after the product comes out. I find a lot of times it's people who hit cards and breaks, people who open boxes. A lot of times they don't look it over for grading. So it's your best chance to find some gems. So like some of the bigger colors, like I was just looking at on eBay, and I think it went a little higher than I'd like. But uh, like the LeBron uniformity gold out of 10. Like I feel like cards like that right after the product comes out, that's where... the time that you're going to find like the clean ones like the i'm going to be looking for all the lebron green pulsars at a 25 the oranges at a 49 any of those raw come up i'm going to try to win them you know and send them into grading because i think now right after the product comes out is a time where people aren't thinking of grading unless they hit something huge like the low-numbered chase autograph that they were looking for like they just might be looking to rip and then and sell quick if they don't hit their card. Even if it's, you know, like a Curry, Giannis, or LeBron, or at this point, Jokic maybe too, like any of their numbered colors from the main set. I'd be looking to pick those up and send them in. And I think Contender's Optic is nice too. Like I'm holding the Contender's Optic slab right now, actually, just because we were talking about it. And the slabs are a little bit thicker. And I think people like these slabs a lot in the field of them and i feel like people recognize since it's thicker that it's a tough grade like you said and i think that's why like on nines i've noticed i've been able to make money on contenders optic even if i get a nine on the card because people are still willing to pay premium if it's graded mint and then if you hit a 10 then you know you're really making money so i think there's it gives you it being a tougher grade like contenders optic gives you some extra leeway when you're going to sell it because people take that into account. And if you can make money on nines on something, then I would send in as many as possible. If it's ultra modern, because you're going to get a lot of nines and you'll get some tens.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I like your, the point about like going after like the higher, a little bit higher end color um, because you're totally like, you you know, you hit the Lakers. Like you're, you're really like most people are looking for the giant hit there they're going to use that stuff not many people that break are also bulk subvers like that's not like that i think those two people aren't the same person like dimes (laughs) isn't on whatnot every night like just bidding up like you know random team spots in these huge breaks and you know he's a little bit more calculated going for like the single online the grade and very consistent in his efforts i i think and very like you know, like calculated, and I think those two people are kind of different. So when people hit this stuff and breaks, like I, I, I think that the mind the mindset is like, let me get my some of my RLI back, and you know, put this right on eBay, um, like you said, and it's it is definitely a great opportunity. I've been like, I'm wishing that there was like a like I feel like card releases have been a little slow. Like I'm almost wishing that there's been like a product that's come out more recently that I like you know, won a grade, like, like um Prism Football hasn't come out for this year yet, has it? Like Kenny Pickens no. here, George Pickens, like that'll be like, you know, at least something to like look for silvers and, and different, you know, red ices and different things that'll come up that, you know, you could buy clean, raw. And uh, a lot of these guys, you know, haven't looked that great. Um And w- I, I think we should get into some NBA stuff. But I was thinking about one thing you said about like, uh, in football, like the quarterbacks are just kind of volatile, but you know, I've noticed if you get into these skill position guys young, they could be pretty cheap and they often don't hit the stride of their career in their rookie year. Um, but if you like, if you bought in heavy on Justin Jefferson, this offseason, you'd be pretty happy with yourself to uphold those cards until now. Um, and you know, not everybody's gonna be generational like him, but I, I do think that there is opportunities popping up in skill position players. If you but you have to be patient and have the and the willingness to hold from, you know, pure off season or even these moments now until the full calendar year where they're actually making a difference in year two and three. But I think I, I do think that's something to look for um, in bulk subs or autographs. Um, just kind of those long-term skill position guys that, you know, are showing that potential. Um, and, you know, you know, if you're willing to kind of hold on them, I do think that there is opportunity there.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think skill position we, we see this year. I mean, even like a guy like AJ Brown is really peaking now a couple of years after his rookie year, I'm sure the new team helps too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned prison football is not out yet. I mean, when you think about last year, Prism Football came out in June. I No, in like May of last year, but it was after the Super Bowl. So uh, that just cuts out so much opportunity for people who want to get into it and collect. Like somebody who, let's say, you know, wants to get into the hobby because they're a Steelers fan. They really like what they've seen from Pickett's. And you know, they want to go after a lot of his good cards. And then they ask the card shop owner you know what good products and he has to say well they're not out yet even though the season's almost over try again in in six months like i I just hate that that delay and it happened last year where it seemed like prison football and prison basketball were kind of coming out at the same time because it was they're really only a couple weeks apart and you had you know it, it was just i think bad timing both sports were in the off season i think panini could really do a lot better if they we're trying to be calculated in their timing of releasing these products. Like I hate the off season release where it's way after the season even happened. Like that sucks to me, especially for a product like prism, that's a staple like rookie card investing product. Like that to me is one that they need to make sure they can start getting out during the season. That that's
1: way too late to release that after the year. Or maybe uh, Topps Chrome Football will be the reset we need, where it comes out on the proper calendar schedule. Like that, that product should come out, you know, when Madden releases in uh, in August, like early August or mid August. You know, right before the season, it should be released. People should be breaking it, making their their plays for the for the new year. I, I do think that fanatics being gambling minded and, and just kind of like more familiar with the actual uh, behaviors of like a sports fan. I think that they'll move towards things like that. I hope
0: so. That would be awesome. Could you imagine if like prison football came out in August and you could actually invest in the rookies before the year, that would be a great, great shift. I think that would be good for the hobby.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, like that's, it's more like fantasy football, right? You know, you're, you got to make your, you do your draft before the year. And that's how investing in rookie cards really should be. Uh, It, I I don't, they've always kind of gone the other way where the hype, but like they've gone almost too far. So I see all they want to do it in the middle of the year. So, you know, people actually have a chance the, the rookies have like a real chance to be hyped or they, they weed themselves out, and then you release it. But now they've gone where like their careers are so far already started by the time we actually get to like look at their rookie class. I think the steam really wears out on a lot of it. I agree. I think it,
0: it does. It, it would be, I think, a huge plus if they can finally somehow reset that. And, and like you said, the gambling aspect, I think while the hobby was booming, like especially during the NBA bubble, a lot of the reason was people were being couch couch scouts. You know, they would <laughs> see a guy like Bo Bo play like that and they'd be like, oh, like I know basketball. There there hasn't been a guy who can move like this at this size. You know, go let's go buy his rookie cards. And that's when they were buying the base prisms raw for 40 bucks because everyone was a couch scout. They didn't want to miss their opportunity. But I think... In a way, in a healthy way, that's good for market growth. If somebody sees somebody do well in training camp and it's before their rookie year and they think they might get a shot as a starter eventually and they can start doing that couch scout investing before the season starts, like the fact that that can't happen until after the season is is bad. It's it's really bad.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think the fanatics is the right move for them and then they're going to get a chance with, you know, with new, a new product schedule um, to do things differently to drop different products at different times. So I, I, I think it'll come, um, I may, I guess it might not be tops Chrome first, right? Like it would have to be just like baseball. You would assume that there would be like a paper tops uh, release and then tops Chrome would come after. Um, yeah, but just interesting to see what they do with the timing. I think it'll, uh, we'll eventually get our reset. One other quick release, um, and I hope this is something Fanatics can suss out and maybe change. So, Bowman Draft uh, Baseball came out, and this is the product where the MLB players who just got drafted, they, that's what's, re- you know, they're supposed to be in it. But, you know, they actually help, help like, hold out several key prospects from this last draft intentionally out of Bowman draft to save them for a future Bowman Chrome release. So uh, like, for instance, I was, I was like, Oh wow, this, this released, I'm excited because I can get the Phillies in breaks because we drafted Justin Crawford, son of Carl Crawford in the first round of the last MLB draft. And he's like a very highly touted high school, uh, you know, prospect. They, they took him out of it so he's not in it he's got no no cards in this even though he was drafted alongside you know the guy that's on the box and Jackson holiday um so I, I looked at I asked I asked people on Twitter like what's going on with this and yeah they kind of just said that it's something that tops does to just you know spread out the wealth of these hype prospects so they're not all originally in one box and they may make the decision based off of like who's willing to sign right away and different things like that. But I feel like it's sleazy. I couldn't imagine that happening in any other sport. Like if you're in this year, like put out the cards. Like I just don't understand it from like a new to, to really getting into baseball cards person. So, I mean, have you like, what do you think about that? Do you, I mean, do you feel like that's something that's got to get fixed? I think that's a disgrace. I think they
0: got to throw the top prospects in there. I mean, Maybe this is now. Is this Fanatics who's making these decisions? I'm not as well versed on who owns Tops right now, but well,
1: I know that Fanatics has definitely has their hand in the cookie jar. You could tell. I think like the buyback is something that old school Tops would have never done. Like that's got to be a Fanatics led decision. Fanatics technically doesn't have any say right at this exact moment, and this is something that Tops historically has just done. So they've always in, in all different years, they, 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 you know, they delay people that shouldn't be delayed. Wander Franco didn't, wasn't a rookie until this year, even though, you know, he would've been, he was starring in the playoffs in the year prior. Like, so like, you know, and he was called up for half of the season in uh, 2020 um, or you know, 2021 season. So um It's something that they've done and they do, not even just in Bowman, but in all in tops Chrome and and different things. They make, you know, baseball is a little unique in that, you know, your status as a player can change all throughout the year. And they make strategic decisions to spread out and put prospects in products that is at the advantage of them in some way that we can't understand. So it, I, that alone, I just think is just, just make it super simple. Like cut out clear transparency on if you play, if you got drafted in this date and this draft, you're in this product. If you debut, you know, before June 1st, you're in this product. If you're after, then you're the next year or whatever it is, but like they, whatever they do, they should be more transparent in how they make those decisions Um I, I think I, you know, it's only just happened to me where it's disappointing that a whole product kind of I'm out on because, you know, the Phillies top guy isn't in it, but I I, I think it would probably would be frustrating to a few different fan bases every time we see one of these baseball releases.
0: Yeah. And I think that emphasizes the point of check the checklist. I was looking for the first time in a while, just at some different like breaks that are ended on eBay the whatnot stuff, I can't keep up with those freaking live auctions. And stuff. <laughs> we have teams, and then now we got the flashcards with the team's logos on them. I'm sure it's great fun. I don't know. For me, I just, I don't have the attention span to sit there and wait. And I, I like doing the calculated group break buying where it's on Bay and Yassir, and I, and I like was, kept reminding myself like check the checklist like you might not think you might not know everything with these teams but i I was looking at something i didn't know people do this now i saw a lot of people posting player breaks like for bowman chrome like i was looking at um just like buying like bryce harper for like a a case like it looked like you could get him for like five bucks for a case of hobby and it's like damn you can you know, there's the reds out of five, the golds out of fifty, and if you're getting them for a whole hobby case, you'll maybe at least get a refractor for five bucks, some base, you know, not too bad. And that's something. Maybe I'm not a big breaks guy, but
1: maybe I'll start buying into some player breaks. That would that that's was fun- good. I have seen that recently. That is that's a great idea. I think uh, I think utilizing that on like the. You know, Bryce Harper's a great example of a star, but not like the star. It's not Trout. You know, Trout's probably going to go for a very advantageous price to the breaker, but I could see Bryce being, you know, a little second or third tier.
0: Yeah, speaking of Trout, I've been a huge – during Bryce Harper's crazy run, I don't know if you were following onto this. I was quite a bit of a Trout hater uh, during that time, just – a little bit of it was trolling, just having some fun, saying that, you know, Trout could never do what Harper was doing in the playoffs. Um, called Harper the best player in the world a lot of times. But <laughs> that could be Shohei Itani. But um, I actually did make my first ever Trout purchase that wasn't just like a $5 raw raw refractor that I was looking to grade. I bought it from the new Bowman Chrome. I don't know if I if I sent you a picture of this, but... I bought the uh, one of the trout reds out of 5. Nice that. Yeah, I thought it was on eBay, looked centered, you know, and it's one of those situations where the guy had just, you know, it, the product had kind of just came out, the guy had just posted it. So, pick that up hopefully. It has to go to like the eBay authenticator, which sucks, but hopefully it'll be clean when it comes in. It just seemed really cheap. I think his stuff, this is the only time I'll probably ever look at buying Trout stuff. I've always thought he was the most overpriced guy, but it seems like a lot of his stuff is correcting to a reasonable level. And if he can stay healthy, put together a big season, I think his stuff will start going back up because of how much it's fell. And some people are into it at such high marks where they won't sell it until it gets back up there because they don't want to take a $5,000 loss on one card.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, all that dude needs to do is stay healthy one year. I mean, he put up 40 home runs uh, in like not even two thirds of a season. I mean, just crazy stuff. Like he, if he, if he puts together one year, they go to the playoffs, he can make some waves. Um, I think it it does wonders for the baseball card market and himself. But You know, making the playoffs in the AL is is a tall task. There's a lot. I mean, in the AL East alone, you have, you know, uh, the Red Sox are the worst team. You know, you have the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, like competing for the wild card in the AL is very difficult. And um, you know, he's always going to be kind of battling that. And the the Angels just aren't. They're not a free agency destination because they have no. You know. They have no real shot at winning a ton, or at least they're not the favorite. So he's going to have to put a team on, the, on his back. And if the thing I do worry, I think he's got a lot of upside because of that. If he just stays healthy, you know, like you said, his prices kind of will go back up um, pretty predictably. But if it comes to the point where they don't look good this year, Shohei's on a one-year deal. And I do think that th- they can't keep him they're not going to be able to pay him what he deserves um it just doesn't make sense i think they're going to look they're going to if they get off to a rough start they're going to trade him and to try to get picks back and not picks but you know prospects back and uh you know get get some value before he walks for free and i don't know what that does to the trout market um him being again not only out of the playoffs and having not, not a shot at playoff contention but also now losing his kind of only other talented teammate. Like, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know if, what that'll do, but he survived kind of this no playoff uh, individual performance in the past.
0: I think it's about staying healthy. If he can put together, I mean the playoffs, yeah, that'd be great, but I think that's maybe a far shot at this point, especially because of what you mentioned, they could move Atani, which I think hurts trout's market ultimately, but, I think if he can stay healthy, put together a big statistical season, we saw what happened to Judge, whose stuff was much cheaper than Trout, expectations were lower, but took one full healthy season for Judge, who's around the same age as Trout. Uh, Trout's 30. Judge, I, I believe, is right around there, maybe a little bit younger. But, you know, there, if he can, if Trout can put together a season where he stays healthy, I mean, he stayed healthy played 119 games and hit 40 home runs what if he plays 155 games does he hit 55 home runs does he hit maybe 60 if he's really on fire like you know i I think there could be an explosive season but i think that clock is kind of winding down but i don't know it was it just seemed to me like his stuff is finally at a point where it justifies buying it. Like people are no longer treating him like he's Mickey Mantle because for a while people were, I don't know. That was kind of one of the things I noticed as I was first getting back into the hobbies. Like people thought trout was Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth's great grandson that he could do no wrong and that he would be the inevitable goat and no one could ever question that. And now it's like, Okay, he might not even be the best player in the league, but he's still great.
1: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where like he ends up. I, it just depends how many years he plays at this point. Baseball is a game you can keep going for a long time. I don't know. I definitely am not opposed to picking up a giant Mike Trout card, though. So I, I kind of, I've had my eyes peeled. I've even made some trade offers to try to get um you know his his Bowman chrome refractor um unsuccessfully but I'm still trying so we'll see but I want to I think this is a good segue to eBay strategy. Um I've made some headway over the last week in my eBay strategy and um I've heard this as a sentiment before but never dug in. And I I started I wanted to like uh do promotional listings. So I've heard before that if you, basically, if you do 2% on every card, that that is like this tried and true strategy for um, for selling more on eBay. And yeah, you have to give 2% of the value sale, but you know what does it really do for you? And I wasn't sure about it, but I decided um, to kind of give it a shot. And what it did was... It actually rose my uh, impressions on my 220 listings on eBay. To give you some real data here, it rose my impressions by 117% since I've turned that on. So that's huge, right? Like, I mean, uh, that's no joke. And like, I sold. uh, Let me see how many products I sold. I sold. I think I've sold like 11 pretty decent size items over the last three days um, with this change. And I also sold like, you know, some that were one was like 400 bucks. So big items, not only small things. um, That's a, you know, to give 86% instead of 88, that's fine with me. um, To get some of these things moved. So I wanted to share that. I think if you're a big seller on eBay, uh, definitely consider a two percent across the board. Another thing I'll say is when you go and create a PWE label, switching from three ounces to one ounce saves you goes you from goes from one dollar and five cent cost to fifty seven cents a PWE label, and that actually pays for your envelope and everything else. And I have yet to get one back from the post office. Um, sending one card in a PWE at, at a one ounce uh, label. So that's a little tidbit to save you money. And then that's another one. 2% promotional listings has a dramatic effect on impressions and thus sales. And ultimately, if you're putting it on eBay, you're wanting to move it. Um, so yeah, that's one a couple of little eBay tidbits. Dimes, do you ever do, I'll give you the, do you, I, I have another eBay tip that I'm researching, but I wanted to ask you about this first. Do you have any? Do you ever do promotional listings? Is that, is that something you've tried? No, and I've seen eBay
0: offered, and I've been intrigued. Honestly, I just haven't ever gone for it because I've always been worried about like, what if this is just total bullshit? And I thought also that they, the way I saw it, maybe this is just on auctions. Maybe you're talking about buying our best offer. But I thought you pay them like two bucks. Every time to promote it, whether it sells or not.
1: So that's on auctions. So in auctions, you can what's called boost visibility on an auction. And you're right that it'll be like a dollar, two bucks, a dollar 50, some sort of final value calculation there. But this is just 2% of and it's only if it sells via that promotion, too. So, um, yeah, so it's not, you know. It, it it's not dependent upon sale for buy it now or best offer listings
0: Damn, then that then I definitely will try that I had never done that I'm glad you mentioned that I genuinely am like going to do that now because I feel like eBay has definitely slowed down for me and a lot of other people like when I post things buy it now or best offer it's just not getting offers and it used to get offers so you know, I'll definitely try that, and hopefully, that can turn that
1: around. They may, and there may be. I've seen some of the bigger eBay people on Twitter. That's kind of where I got this this notion of two percent, um, and also from my boy JMS at JMS Garage Noah. Uh, he taught me about it too when I was in Dallas. Um, taught me about the the fifty seven cent PWE trick, and then also this two percent listings promotion trick. Um, it seems to be pretty common, and you can set your percentage right. So the 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 hack is you only need to do two percent for whatever reason. Like doing anything more is just giving money back to eBay because you could do ten percent if you wanted, um, and th- in theory they would just give show it to more people. But two um, percent is all that's needed according to folk legend. So um, I don't know something to consider. I'll let I'll report back of how it goes after a longer period of time. Something I'm researching right now though, to beef up my eBay game is what's called like, and I originally learned about this from a video from Burbank Sports Cards and how they scaled their business, right? So Burbank, for a little bit of context, they have 4 million sold cards since their uh, eBay account started. That's a lot, a lot of cards, right? 4 million packages at that door. Um, And the reason that they are able to do that is they're able to list more cards than other people. And how they do that is a auto feeding photo scanner. And they combine that with an AI um, software technology. And you can you basically scan the card via this auto feed photo scanner that can scan up to 4000 cards an hour. And they might even have a better one that does it quicker. And once you scan the cards, the AI technology on the software basically puts the metadata in for your listing and you can automatically upload that listing to eBay, uh, Shopify, and different other platforms. And what that's enabled them to do is, you know, list 4,000 cards in an hour. Right? Like imagine if you were able to do that and I'm just thinking like, all right, I have, you know, 500. 5 dollar cards and i have i don't know thousands of dollar cards what if i could put them all on ebay like wouldn't that be really good for me and then um what if you know that cash flow could buy me more boxes and it's just like a never ending thing where if you're able to outlist everybody you're able to outsell them on ebay and then you can just keep buying kind of quote unquote junk that people aren't listing on eBay. So I think definitely this is like for kind of a higher level selling operation, but the photo scanners aren't that expensive. So like you can get an auto feed photo scanner for like $500 new uh, all the way down to um, a flat photo scanner for about $200. And then I I joined or I I subscribed to Card Dealer Pro which um, is a software solution. And like they have like an introductory rate for like $9 a month. um, And then they go up to like $200 depending on the amount of products that you scan. Um, So I don't know, it's interesting. I think I'm looking for ways to expand my eBay game with technology and take advantage of like the tools that are there to sell more. And I, I think that there's a lot more people that would have these cards and don't do this work because it's annoying to list cards. And this is answering this is answering and solving one of the main problems um, of eBay. So I'm interested. I'll be, I'll be diving into it myself in real time. I wanted to share it with our audience and you and, you know, just kind of see if there is anyone out there that also wanted to kind of explore this. I think that's huge for people who walk around shows and buy
0: out bargain bins, too, because I mean, if you can list somebody's whole bargain bin in less than an hour and you know how cheap people can buy bargain bins at like, I think that can be huge. And and even online, like low end lot buying, whether it's Instagram or eBay, <clears throat> makes that so much more of a profitable thing because it cuts out the time of listing it and then it'll, you know, that way you'll actually list everything and you can make a ton of money that way. So I think if, if that works, let me know, geez, I want to do that with you.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I, I do think it's definitely it works because I know basically that Burbank, you know, has has basically credited this change to scaling their whole business so it's not something that is, if it was like, all right, it's 50 grand for one of these scanners. I'd be like, ah, I'm priced out. Like I can't really do that right now. But when I'm looking at this, I'm like, all right, like the costs are feasible for what it is. And I just think, I mean, like what you, what, I think what you said there is the light bulb that's going off to me. When you walk around and you know, I try and buy sports cards at, at low multiples, right? Like that's what everybody's trying to do when they walk at shows. They don't want to pay over value. And like spe- the things that sell consistently, what you could get a deal on are a four-row box. If you get a four-row box of top loaded cards or even, le- even, even a, a four-row box of all penny sleeve cards, that's what people give the biggest deal off of, say, eBay. If each card goes for a dollar on eBay, I mean, you're, you're talking 20, 30% at, you know, like all day, like people happen to take the cash for that. Yeah, I've done, I've, I've
0: had people buy junk boxes for me at 20, 30%. And I've just been happy to get the cash. I just want to get rid of it. Cause it, I looked at it as such junk because no option to sell it. But now there's an option to sell stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look try to do more research. I think uh, I may have a, a a meeting with Car Dealer Pro um, this week to explore like what the best scanner for my so uh you know kind of setup is and you know if I need the mid grade one or the low end one. But I, I'm gonna try it. I mean, I have enough stuff. I mean, I'm willing to to spend to learn and explore. And I think you know, I think this could be. You know, you're seeing kind of uh, not the, you know, like chat GPI um, is a tool that's kind of taken over uh, different, you know, kind of sectors like school and AI is entering into like contract law and all these different sectors of the world. And you see AI kind of creeping up with, you know, um, center stage and collects and LUTX and these different, you know, photo recognition softwares. And it sounds like on the wholesale market, on the biggest you know, selling market, it's already been going on, but I don't think that that's like a publicized like, win yet or use case yet for the average card dealer or even just the average guy with thousands of cards and a, and a relatively decent sized eBay store, but I think it should be. So I, I, I'm pretty bullish on the sound of it um, and I'm going to dive in and see if it's viable.
0: Yeah, please do and report back to us because I want to know about
1: that too. All right, so that was kind of like eBay strategy. Um, we we kind of skipped over, we skipped over like the basketball, if we do want to get back into that.
0: Yeah, sure. So I, the reason I kind of added that to our topic idea, that here's just a interesting question for you. So Jokic putting up monster numbers, Giannis putting up monster numbers, Both of them back in the MVP conversation, the two of them have accounted for the last four MVPs, each of them winning two. Who do you think the third MVP does more for their cards? So whose cards will go up more with the third MVP, Jokic or Giannis? Because I think for both of them, getting a third MVP this young is huge. I agree.
1: That's a good question. I like my heart wants to say Giannis. I, I, I want to say Giannis just because when I'm at like uh, when we were at the Philly show, when I'm at card shows recently, Giannis is somebody that people are strongly buying. Like the people that are dealers that set up across all the country, they want Giannis cards right now. And I don't see people having that same desire for Jokic, period, just in terms of collectability. But maybe that's and and also Jokic cards aren't cheap. I always found that too. Like, you know, when you're looking at like a nice stuff from Jokic rookie year, it's not very cheap at all. Um, I I think that Giannis could explode into, you know, I don't want to say like, but like LeBron Junior type of like stratosphere in terms of, you know, Silver Prism rookie card. Or like th- those prices have room to run. I've always thought compared to. The, the you know, the Currys of the world and, and LeBrons of the world. And I think with a third MVP, even if he doesn't win the title, I, I think that kind of elevates him to that level where Jokic, if he doesn't win the title, I think it would be, it would help his collectability if he got the third MVP. But I don't see that really changing things for his cards dramatically this summer because He just kind of, he's a stats guy. I mean, he just does that, right? Like, that's not unexpected for him. Um, And you could say the same thing about Giannis, but I do think that with the title, it enters him into, like, another level where I don't know that Jokic will have that same perception. But what do
0: you think? I think it's interesting you mentioned Jokic rookie stuff is expensive, and it is. I think it's just because it's so rare. You know, with both Jokic, Jokic and Giannis, there's no optic rookies. There was no optic. And for both, there's no select retail parallels because there wasn't select retail for any of those years. Select was really rare both of those years. And Prism was really, really rare both of those years. So they barely have anything, you know, there was hoops, but there was no hoops premium. You know, Uh, there was no Chronicles. There was just plain Panini. So it's There was so much less stuff, which is why I think both of them are still investable. And like some of the other MVP candidates like Tatum, Tatum's great. He just has a million more cards than both of those guys. So I think that's a big factor, too. Jokic stuff is super, super hard to find. But yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think Giannis having the ring just puts him... So far ahead of Jokic in terms of what they've accomplished so far, and Giannis has a defensive player of the year, he might have two of them, maybe more. I, I know, I think he at least has one defensive player of the year, but um, I think that that puts Giannis pretty far ahead. But I'll tell you, if Jokic can get a third straight MVP, that's like, whoa, this goofy big white dude is like actually becoming like a legend.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, it's totally true. Um I I mean we saw I, I want to say what do you think about this do you think that Embiid has a chance to drag himself back in and win the MVP this year I mean he's come up runner up last couple years and the Sixers look pretty good they've gone you know they're what they're like an 8 game winning streak 9 game winning streak they beat the Knicks on Christmas um pretty handily in the second half and Embiid is putting up crazy numbers um the team's success is close. They're they're only a few games out of first right now. Uh, I think they're they're four seed and they're um, a few games behind. Or uh, maybe they're the fifth seed behind the Nets, the Cavs, the Celtics. Um, I might be missing one, but yeah. So they're you know they're right there. Do you think there's something that could happen this year? The the Sixers moving into the second or first seed could 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 Embiid win or do you think? maybe, like, the percep- like the fatigue of him is just kind of gone or, like, doesn't have the right perception to win it.
0: I think he still has a chance because he's leading the league in scoring. He led the league in scoring last year as well. But, I mean, he's leading the league in scoring. He's at, like, 33 points a game, which is excellent. Um, you know, I think that's a huge factor to have a center. Scoring that much means he's really dominant. So I think he does still have a chance to, I think, he'll win it probably not I think the durability is tough there I think it's tough for him to stay that dominant through a whole season you know we see when he gets to the playoffs he's just less effective there's no way around it um especially in the second round but I think I think he does have a chance because of how much he's scoring and I know you know people like to say that the refs are really giving him the calls I, I'll tell you from it does he does get Friendly whistle, which which helps a lot with the scoring, but I think because of how much he's
1: scoring as a center, he definitely, yeah, and also like from a team success standpoint, uh, Maxi is uh, Shams just uh, tweeted before we recorded that Tyrese Maxi may play this Friday um, at the Pelicans, and uh, for Christmas, to go back to Christmas for a second, I, my wife got me tickets to the. Monday Pelicans Sixers home game. Um, so I may see a Maxi return there and get to see Zion in person for the first time. So that'll be cool. And I also, th- I'm just in general, like back to the main point is with Maxi back, I don't think that maybe that takes a little bit of scoring away from Embiid, but ultimately Embiid's the best player in the team. He's going to get his numbers. We've seen that the last three years. I mean, he's got the talent. So if they can move up in terms of wins uh, and and finish with a really high seed, that's, what's going to give them the MVP ultimately. And although the nuggets are winning right now, I don't know. I just don't see them as a, as a, as a really a good team. They might prove me wrong, but I think there's a lot better teams in the West. um, And I, I just couldn't see them kind of continuing on this pace. And I think, my hunch is that they get pushed down a bit in the Western Conference standings, but I might be a Yoko Chater at this point. Um, yeah, there were some awesome games on Christmas though. Uh, Tatum performed awesome. LeBron with thirty eight. Uh, Luca beat beat LeBron had an, had thirty plus points, nine assists, nine rebounds. Um, Look like you know, kind of the typical one of the best players in the world as always, but he he doesn't have that. Uh, team performance for the MVP, for the individual uh, voting. I think that was awesome. But speaking of LeBron, I think this is kind of a cooler hobby story. Uh, The 2003 exquisite LeBron got pulled uh, from a a box um, that cost $45,000 to open. And they got lucky and pulled his true RPA, beautiful patch. I mean, one of the best patches I've ever seen on that card. Uh, Not just a simple vertical three-color patch, it was like part of the number, uh, and the auto was super bold. Um, This card's traditionally sold well over a million dollars. I mean, talk about luck. I mean, 45 grand as your initial investment, it must be nice. Yeah, that was insane. You gotta
0: really have some stones to be willing to sit down and crack that open, because... That could have been a big swing and a miss, but, oh, my God, is that a huge hit. I mean, talk about hitting the card. And people, I see a lot of memes, like the guy who's, you know, who sold that box sealed is really, (laughs) really feeling it right now. Could
1: you imagine? Oh, my (laughs) God.
0: I mean, and it looks like it's, and they said it's a bold auto. Looks like it's in great condition. Like could you imagine if he PSA 1010 that Like, what is that card worth then? Like, oh yeah,
1: true. I mean, that could break records. That could be like, you know, I mean I mean it really could be a $10 million card as a 10-10. I mean, I couldn't I it really could. I mean, I, I think that's a possibility from from a card like that in a condition like that. We haven't seen that before. I think most of them aren't even they're not like BGS nine fives, so I don't think. They're like eight five, stuff like that, right?
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of, you know, 8.5s and, you know, right around there. Maybe a, a occasional 9 here and there. But the patch is great on his. The auto is great on his. You know, people say it looks like a really, really clean copy. But, yeah, I mean, the guy who sold it sealed. Uh, that's got to be a
1: lot of sleepless nights. One time a guy, uh, I sold like a, you know, Charizard uh, box or whatever. Uh, you know, during the boom, I was waiting at a target like an idiot and trying to get a box of select or something and i bought a box of pokemon instead and uh you know he messaged back he was like oh thank you so much i just pulled a charizard i was like god damn it you know like i didn't like you know it's not a great thing to hear like you gave up you know something for 80 bucks and then he gets like this 300 hit from it like man and this guy i couldn't imagine because that's a you know, they, I think the word life changing in the hobby gets set, said a little too much. You know, you hit a $50,000 card. Is that life changing? I mean, that's a lot of money, but I don't know if that's changing the trajectory of your life. You probably were, like, like we said, like you spending $45,000 to open a box. Your life is probably pretty grand as it is to be comfortable with that investment. But this is like pretty much the definition of a life changing. Card, um, you know, to have the opportunity to sell multi-million dollar asset. I mean, if you want to make a living in cards, you're on your way at that point. Um, so, I mean, good good for them to have the, the balls to do it and uh, the willingness to open it. We need people to open those boxes. Um, it, it, it's amazing. It's pretty like I think you know this is like one of those true examples of of that actually you know kind of paying off. Um, but I'm sure there's also some people that ripped, you know, a lot higher stuff, flawless and stuff over Christmas and were quite disappointed in their five ten $10,000 investment. Um, so just buyers beware on that. Oh yeah. I, I think a
0: oh, flawless is a dangerous one. I think the most dangerous is NT just cause everyone's hunting the out of 99 RPAs of, and if you don't hit it in there. So yeah, I mean there's definite high risk ones. But that that was awesome to see. It's always it's always good to see someone hit it huge like that in the hobby.
1: Yeah. I think um what you know we'll kind of wrap on this, but what have you have you been buying anything on eBay? What have you been buying um yeah what 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 have you been pickups recently or have you been cooled down now with like the end of the uh December 31st special kind of change in price
0: Yeah, I think the December 31st special uh, ending, that makes me a little bit narrower of what I can pick up to grade, but um, just honestly the usual stuff, shiny LeBron, shiny Brady, that's really cheap trying for PSA 10s um, seems to be a decently foolproof strategy as long as you know what you're looking at in terms of what's clean. If it's numbered, that helps a lot. Um, I typically like sticking to the Chrome stuff, so prism optic select contenders optic you know and occasionally sure i'll go for some of the other products but that's been most of it um what, what about you
1: yeah i've kind of gone on a little bit of a hiatus i mean I, I sent a big sub out um last week and i haven't bought a ton of cards since um i was looking at the pwcc stuff last night but i didn't do enough research with, with the time with the kind of the buzzer beater um of the weekly ending sale and you know my ebay has slowed down a bit so i'm going to focus on listing for right at this exact moment but i think i'm going to look to pick it back up this week i um i really want to do a baseball episode coming up where we maybe we bring on um you know a baseball prospecting expert and we talk about you know who they're picking up and what kind of prospects they like going into the season. I really like the notion in the play, just simple going after play in the seasons, you can't lose, and the, the notion that baseball will be more expensive by the time we reach February and March than right now, and I, I truly believe that. I think that the baseball collector is kind of undefeated, um, and I noticed that even people that are kind of vintage heads, I think of like Jason at Vintage BB Cards he still likes the Phillies and he still collects like Phillies players, modern stuff hard. Uh, he still will like, of course, like trout and will go after that stuff. And, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly all of his like people he likes, but there's still modern guys that they'll collect in baseball. But I, I do think that the, that that same guy isn't going after uh, modern basketball and football the same way, Um, you and I kind of like to so that's just like a a simple idea that and I don't know if I'm right I just think that it makes me like want to be interested in baseball and be tapped into that market uh, of prospecting as we go forward through the year
0: yeah I think we should definitely set that as a goal so let's we'll, we'll tell people now we will work on that we will try to get a baseball guy on here because I agree I think It'd be perfect timing. And again, baseball, like you said, the collectors, they're still there. That's why one of the only things that's really gone up lately, vintage baseball. So, um, yeah, I say uh, this is a pretty good place to wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to Episode 3. Uh, definitely stay tuned in the future. And thank you.